Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on with the front page of our Street Fighter. Today is February 1st. Oh, happy Black History Month, by the way. Cool. Episode 22. And we can dig into it, but I just got to let you guys know that we are living in the best timeline for fighting games. There are so many good fighting games right now. Dragon Ball Fighter Z came out, and it is... It's a fun game, but I have a confession to make. I have a confession to make that I don't think people believe when I say it out loud with my mouth. But I'm not in love with Android 16. He seems like a character that I should love. He's the pretty much de facto grappler of, of that cast. He dunks. He dunks. He's the Air Jordan of the cast. I love that character in that story. I love grapplers. But I just, I can't dig him in that game. And I feel bad for it. I feel bad on the inside. It hurts. I don't like admitting that. I don't like admitting So maybe if there's like some hot Android 16 tech that I just haven't figured out. Or maybe I'm not using the correct assists. Please let me know. Be sure to light up my timeline with that. Because I would, I, I want to love Android 16. But he might not be the right, he's a bad boy. He's not, the, I need a good boy. I need a good boy like Vegeta. All right, folks. Enough about me and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, because this is the podcast where we talk about Street Fighter stuff and the front page of our Street Fighter. So let's actually dig into it. One of the most, uh, one of the first, like, was the biggest tournament this year so far? Yeah, the first major big tournament this year uh, was Evo Japan. Just happened, and congratulations to well everyone who went out there from the U.S. or anyone who traveled out there to actually go see this event uh, because it was a pretty dope event. I, it was smaller in scale from EVO, what they're calling EVO World now, which is the one that takes place in Las Vegas, uh, but it there was tons of really good competition there, and we, we got to see some names from Japanese players who don't travel as much or get overseas as much or compete in the EVO World Tournament, as it would be. Uh, so this ended up being a very high-skilled tournament with a lot of really great players. Uh, I want to give a congratulations to Infiltration, who took first place in a really gripping winner's finals into grand finals against John Takeuchi, who, that young, that young boy, that young Rashid, oh my goodness, does he look like a young Daigo? If you put a picture of those two current John Takeuchi and a young Daigo next to each other. Speaking of Daigo, he got third. If you put them next to each other, it is hard to discern the who's who, but we saw some awesome Jerry and Minotech from Infiltration, so expect them to be nerfed in Season 4. Uh, no, I, I don't expect that to happen, but we'll see how things shake out. I, don't, I do not think that they are top-tier characters, but the way that Infiltration played... Uh, being able to switch up between and not even just with these characters but in the midst of of battle switch between high speed offense and then zoning and on a dime switch i've talked about this before i don't know if i talked about this before in this podcast but definitely during our street fighter tournaments is when you can change your pitch up that fast it often catches your opponent off guard and reading the situation like that is really what infiltration excelled at at the, in this tournament uh, and has excelled at in the past he's a very strong player in general but just this was a very good example because it is pretty painted black and white in terms of when it is go time and when it is i'll just i'll stand back and wait here's the rope uh so it was a fun tournament it was good stuff uh, I've, <laughs> I knew that these cup noodle commercials existed, but oh boy, are they, they, they stole the show, in my opinion. Um, I think there's, ah, oh gosh, is it a, um, I'm trying to think of the, what story it was. Someone covered this of the cup noodle saga of uh, Look up the cup noodle saga. There is a good story told between and like that is self French re, self referential of cup noodle. Uh, it's good stuff. Their commercials are top tier. 
more top tier than any character in Street Fighter V. That's for damn sure. Okay, next up on the docket. Uh, oh, by the way, if you haven't watched any of Evo Japan, take a look at this uh, thread. It lists out all of the competitors, but more so than that, uh, something that a lot of people thought was really cool is listed the number of people who played a certain character in top 64. Basically, top 64 character count. Uh, and specifically interesting on this list, there's no Laura, there's no Ken, no Zeku, no Alex, and no Ed. I actually think Ed's pretty good. Alex is probably higher on the tier list, but a lot of people think Laura's pretty higher in the tier list, at least on this side of the state. So maybe we'll see how that might shake out at Evo World this year. <laughs> it's fun saying that. Um, <laughs> it's just funny how competitions in America have taken the world title. Like when people win the Super Bowl, which is... Fuck, that's this Sunday, isn't it? Uh, when people win the Super they're the world champions of American football, but they don't call it American football because we don't call soccer. It's soccer. Anyway, moving on, though, check out this thread. This is a lot of good information to dig into here, uh, and check out the VODs. They're all on YouTube now, and you can check out the full bracket here. All right. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, if you want more of this tournament coverage, uh, there's also a really good podcast, which is the SF5 podcast uh, with Justin Shade. Uh, this goes up, I believe, every week, if not every other week. Uh, but f give them a, a follow on YouTube. Follow them on your podcast feed. Uh, that's the SF5 podcast. Uh, and in this week, they talk about tier lists, which we were just talking about, and they talked about Evo Japan. Uh, it's good conversation every week. Um, they make a lot of references to the sub as well, but all of all of their conversation is Street Fighter V based. Uh, so that if if you find yourself skipping through this podcast where we talk about Street Fighter V, then uh, maybe this isn't for you. But at the same time. It's a good podcast. Really good, guys. Um, insightful discussion. Um, smart topics. And I just want to give them a quick little shout-out. Um, typically, they cut their content to around 45 minutes to an hour, and it's good stuff every week. So, highly... And the, the audio quality is very good as well. Like, game respect game. Good shit, Justin Shade. I'll give you the thumbs up on that. Well played. All right. Moving on to the next topic, uh, another shout out to the Weekly Roundhouse. Uh, this is a newer thing uh, presented by Double Tap. Uh, they also talk about they also talk about the Evo Japan recap, uh, and it's it's another one of those like recap video channels that I think probably deserves a little more attention than it's getting. Uh, I've seen it on the sub a couple times now, and I want to uh, give these guys a little airtime. I think it's definitely worth a watch, and the audiovisual quality is, is up there, and don't really disagree with much of what the dude's saying. Uh, it's it's good stuff. It's, it's more of short little bites, so if Justin Shade and the Street Fighter 5 podcast is is a whole meal, this is just the, this is like the appetizer, if you will, uh, and it's worth a watch. Worth, worth a listen. All right, moving on to other stuff. So if you remember last week, I talked about, or we talked about, uh, how <laughs> Capcom <laughs> took away a lot of the, they cut the fight money earnings. They shot themselves in the foot. We talked about that. Uh, of They took away all these reasons, or ways to earn fight money with survival mode and all that stuff. Uh, and then... In the missions, they cut that fight money in half. Well, guess what? This week they decided. Mm, probably we we got a little. You guys noticed, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna bump. We're gonna up these numbers. Well, those are rookie numbers before. We got to get some some pro level numbers. Uh, so they've upped the fight money uh, that you can earn back to what it originally was uh, from <laughs> weekly missions. I just think that's funny. I'm glad that they did it. Like it's. It, I don't know. It's this is like a laughable situation where like it shouldn't have decreased it in any way beforehand because they've already really kneecapped the ways to earn fight money in Street Fighter Five. But then to 
to cut this in half. But then, hey, they made good on it this week. They thought we wouldn't notice, but we got eyes on you. Cap cops are being watched. Uh, anyway, folks, moving on to the next topic. Uh, so something that people have been, I've seen a lot of people talk about in the tech world is there's not a ton of information out there, frame data wise, for uh, season three of Street Fighter V. Uh, and in fact, a lot of people's medias have changed because you know timing on you know frame kills have changed. If your normals have gotten you know extra recovery frames on width, uh, pushback has changed on throws. Uh, it's, there's a whole mess of business. What's been changed about Street Fighter V? So like, how do you? If you just want to science it, how do you science it? Uh, and this is a really great. Uh, tutorial on how to figure out your MIDI setups in Street Fighter V using uh, Tool Assisted. Now, if you've never, I understand, if you've never used Tool Assisted before, if you've never, well, not even that. I feel like if you're a normal human being and you take a look at Tool Assisted and the information that you are presented outright as a normal human being, you would look at it and go, oh, this is just a mess of numbers I don't understand any of this even if you understand frame data even if you're you consider yourself oh yeah I totally get it like this, that all makes sense you look at this program and you just go Ooh, there's why is why is it listed out like this this is this is not friendly to a human being because but tool assistants need to make friendly to a human being because everybody knows tool assistants robot uh, so who is it that wrote this, actually? Did they sign it? No, they didn't. I wonder if this was Tool Assisted himself. Okay, regardless, this is a tutorial on how to use Tool Assisted and how to use the Oki Calculator. Uh, recommend reading through this if this is something that you care about, if you want to dig into tech, if you want to use this tool uh, in your arsenal when it comes to discovering tech and discovering things about your character and other characters. Uh, Tool Assisted is a extremely useful tool uh, for figuring out stuff in in fighting in, in Street Fighter V. So highly recommend checking that out. And this is a this makes it palatable when you read through this and learn how to use the system. Uh, it then can become palatable. You can see within the matrix. You can be like Neo, Neo and see oh this is th that's a reused and hard kick. And not just a jumble of numbers. That's a blonde, redhead, and a brunette. That's a quote from The Matrix. Uh, anyway, uh, for the tech heads out there, recommend digging into this. This is good stuff. Good information. All right, a little sad, sad note here, uh, but perhaps a, a happy note, depending on who picks them up. But both Gamer B and Oil King are free agents now. Uh, they have been dropped uh, by Zowie. Uh, so that's a little bit unfortunate, but they're both very strong players who have done exceedingly well, maybe not exceedingly well over the last year, but like pretty darn well in terms of the global ranks of things. They're, they're both very strong players in general, um, and I am interested in seeing how this shakes out for the both of them. I really want to see where Gamer B goes in this situation, uh, mostly because... He had had like a job. He's got his wife. Are things? Yeah, is he gonna make a career turn? He hasn't made any announcements like that recently. But I don't know. That's that's kind of up in the air right now. Maybe he's gonna maybe listen to some of what uh, Nemo has to say about that, which we'll get into later. Uh, not that he's like gonna retire or anything. I don't want to put that. I don't want to spread rumors. I just want to. I I think it's interesting, and I think that he deserves to be picked up by a strong by a strong team. And so does Oil King. They're both, both very strong players. Um, worthy of joining any team that wants to pick them up. Speaking of people getting picked up, Brian F., congratulations for being picked up by UYU. UYU? Do you say it out loud or do you just pronounce the letters? I don't know at this point. Uh, regardless, uh, I can't think of anyone who is more deserving of sponsorship. Uh, Brian F. is one of the leading minds in getting more people to think critically about their gameplay uh, versus what work they're putting in. Uh, Balrog got nerfed, so 
he, he can't. <laughs> he's gonna have to put in the work. He it, like the thing is, something I love about Brian F. is that he has a whole series of YouTube videos dedicated to teaching people how to bust up Balrog's mix-ups. He shows you how to do it with any does it full explanation, uh, and yet still people cried about it. And he is a he's a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, and when he looks at that, he says, no, this is, this is bullshit. Uh, put in the work, figure out how to beat your opponent and just do it. Don't cry about it. And he's going to stick. I think he's going to stick with Balrog. He hasn't made any announcements if he's going to change character. So he's going to put in the work. So I expect to see, uh, Brian F show up in a lot of top 16s, top eights, maybe some first places, uh, in, uh, Capcom Pro Tour uh, this year. Very excited to see where this takes him. Uh, and again, couldn't go to a nicer guy. Uh, so congratulations to Brian F. for being sponsored by UYU. Or UU. I don't know. Uh, another thing that is actually, it wasn't posted this sub, but I did see this earlier. I just want to give a congratulations to Mama Dow. Uh, she accepted a position at Capcom. I don't think she has announced what exactly her position is or what it will be, uh, but I just want to throw out a general congratulations to her. Uh, she's a friend of the sub and also the co-creator of Rakona of Combo Queens. Uh, if you are a woman in the FGC, I would 100% recommend getting on board with everything the Combo Queens is doing. Uh, that whole team of people is fantastic. Uh, very supportive team. Uh, look, follow them on Twitter. Uh, give them shoutouts when you can. Uh, it is a good grassroots organization. I love it. I love everything she does, and she deserves. A, I think. Well, maybe not that Mama Dad deserves the position, but I think that in that in a position at Capcom, I think that she will do a good job. She's. She's real people. She's good people. Uh, so I just want to give a congratulation there. And again, that's not posted to the sub yet. Or I don't know if it will be posted to the sub, so there won't be a link to that. But I just want to give a heart to heart to Mama Down. Okay, moving on. Uh, something that came up, I think this was really first announced a year ago, that Momochi... Momochi was building a team uh, from Momochi and Chocoblond... Chocoblanca's Shinobism. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, it is a basically a dojo for... Dojo? What do you call a place where ninjas train? Is it a dojo, or is it just like a secret ninja hideout? Or is there a specific word for that? Uh, sorry for my ignorance, I've just never thought of what you would call a training facility for ninjas. Except for what they... Do they call it in that one... In that one... Uh, James Bond, maybe? Anyway, not important. Uh, but Momochi and Chocoblanca's Shinobism, uh, they were building a team. Uh, they were training people up uh, and teaching them how to be very strong players and competitors. Uh, and it was just recently announced that they're going to have a team called Fudo. Uh, five members. Five members? Does it say five members? Or did I imagine that? No, it doesn't say how many members of this Street Fighter V team. I think I've imparted that because it's Street Fighter V, but when they said it, they used the number five and not a V. So that really threw me off. Uh, so their team, Fudo, have been decided already, but will be announced in March. No idea why that might be. Maybe it has something to do with the uh, that documentary that's coming out that we talked about a couple weeks ago, which covers uh, Momochi and Choco Blanca's trials and tribulations in training up these people and starting this uh, Shinobism, all this Shinobism business. Uh, but what I will say, let's harken back to about a year ago where uh, this Shinobism, the Momochi Shinobism brought over three people from, from their team. It wasn't a team yet, but uh, from that training group uh, to Evo World. Uh, and it was Yamaguchi, who was a Ken player, Johnny, who was a Karen player, and Haku uh, and Bison. Uh, will they be this, uh, this Fudo team? Or will it be a whole new cast of characters? I don't know. We'll all have to wait with bated breath, breath in, 
for March to see uh, see what's happening there. But interesting stuff. Uh, if you want to look at maybe those, uh, maybe try and Google their names. Maybe for Johnny, Google Shinobism Johnny. Uh, Karen, see if anything comes up that's pretty general name. Uh, the other ones might come up with something, but uh, regardless, uh, just a little little nugget of information that might pay off in in a month. We're a month away from that. It is February now. I remember that because I said that at the top of the show. Anyway, moving on to the next topic. Let's get through it. Speaking of training people, uh, here is a great article uh, by uh, X Top Doll on Twitter. Um, uh, Virginia Glaze uh, uh, on the website Jinx Esports TV. That's something I haven't heard of, but it was posted to the sub. Uh, what it's like to teach Street Fighter for a living. This actually goes down, uh, breaks down a couple of different, uh, covers a couple of different people, mostly Broly Legs. It also talks about Justin Wong, uh, Cross Counter TV, and what they're doing with their training pro- programs. Uh, it's some interesting insight into the life of what it would be like to train people for street in street fighter or fighting games for a living or at least as supplementary income to what you already do uh it's and also if you find yourself in a position of oh i need to be trained there's a ton of information here on where to find training because not only is it just something that i actually found really interesting and very nice is that they don't only just call out uh pay services like cross-counter training or you know like brother legs and stuff they also call it new challenger they give a shout out to new challenger i think that's i think that's cool which is the uh the new challenger discord uh i don't know if i ever talked about them on this on this podcast i must have at some point but it's a whole discord dedicated to uh training new players teaching them how to play um here they talk about also momochi and chocoblon Blanca with why am I fucking up Choco Blanca's name? It's just not rolling out off the tongue. I I don't know why. I can't I'm having so much trouble tripping up over it. Can't say it correctly. Choco Blanca. Choco Blanca. Anyway, enough enough of my uh, vocal training. Uh but they talk about that here in this article as well. So I want to give another shout out to just read the whole thing if if you want to a get into training or b want to be trained uh, there's a whole bunch of information here uh, a lot of points of views that if you are in the training mindset that would be beneficial for you to dig into uh, so i just want to give a shout out to again second time we've brought up an article from virginia glaze here that's at, at x top doll on twitter and the o's are zeros of course because internet okay all right let's get into some tech talk uh people were wondering uh and thinking about because we didn't really see a whole lot of v trigger 2 combos pulled off in evo japan uh but here's some fun bullshit put together by eyes this is so izu izu mojinx izu mojinx (laughs) on youtube man sometimes names are so difficult work on your branding folks uh, at Izu Mojinx uh, on YouTube, uh, some like fun desk-like videos for a bunch of different characters, uh, and seeing what their, their V Trigger Twos are like. I, I'm doing air quotes right now. Capable of, because you're not gonna see this in real match, but this is just like some fun funky bullshit that I can get behind as someone who likes kind of ridiculous combo videos uh so this is this is some good good stuff and again uh this is from izu mojinx on youtube so check out that video if you want to see some hot street fighter 5 bullshit and speaking of street fighter 5 bullshit uh there also happen to be certain glitches with street fighter 5 arcade edition as it turns out surprise surprise um this one's pretty interesting it is minot's v trigger 2 so how this works is that When you pop her V-Trigger 2, she now gains access to... The way that her release works for this is basically quarter circle motion and then a button. And that sends out the orbs in a predetermined fashion in V-Trigger 2. What someone found out uh, on YouTube, which is... Oh, this is just posted to Event Hubs. Okay. 
Or did someone send this into Event Hubs? That might be the case. Uh, regardless. Uh, the situation is, once you pop V-Trigger 2, if you hold down an activation, like Medium Punch, you hold down Medium Punch, you're holding Medium Punch down, you do a quarter circle back, still holding on to Medium Punch, the game thinks that you've done that quarter circle back motion and have pressed or released Medium Punch, even though you have not. And it will activate that orb configuration. It will send out the orbs in that predetermined configuration as if you have either pressed or released Medium Punch because negative edge. But that's not the case because you're still holding it. You're just holding onto the button. You, you can test this out in training mode and it's, it's funky. It's weird. Doesn't look like it... Or it doesn't feel like this should be how it works because this is literally how no other activation works in the game. I don't know if it's because my not's weird or I, I really don't know how or why this bug is a thing that occurs. Uh, there's also, and this wasn't posted to the sub, but I saw we talk about this on Twitter. Uh, Geef V Trigger 2 bug with Sand Hard Punch. The activation windows are a little bit funky. A little bit funky. Uh, let's check that one out, but also another bug in video format. Posted on Twitter, though. Uh, Jury, her V-Trigger 2. Uh, if you activate her V-Trigger 2, which is the meter-draining V-Trigger, um, sucks meter from her opponent, and also draws them in uh, on hit and block. If you activate it, and she gets hit during the activation, she loses all her V-Meter. That's it. Like one quick burn if you are hit in those activation frames at all, which I can't imagine is how that is intended to work. Uh, so there's another V-Trigger bug. And if, there, if you have found any other bugs in, in Street Fighter V, post them to the sub. Let people know. Uh, shout out at Street Fighter on Twitter uh, because this is, this is information that... Oh, and also the speaking of bugs, uh, we can talk about the biggest one, perhaps. Like these are bugs that uh, we'll just wash over. These bugs they don't really affect gameplay. But how about this one that does affect gameplay? Is Urian's V Trigger Two? Uh, now you don't know what it is. Uh, I talked about this last. Touched on this is that when Urian does his V Trigger Two, uh, if he absorbs a hit in that situation. Uh, on recovery, he has no hurt box. So basically fully invincible at that point. It's not it's not really a huge exploitable bug. I can't I can't really think of this ever practically coming into effect in a real match or like having any major outcome on how any game goes. I can't for the most part, Urians are choosing V-Trigger 1 anyway for the mix-up. I get it. It's generally accepted as the the better V-Trigger. I can see arguments for V-Trigger 2 in terms of damage and corn carry. I get it. That's fine, too. But the mix-up potential off V-Trigger 1 is still... Even though they've they've reduced kind of the all the damage that it does, and with activation, you get that extra 20% uh, scaling. Regardless, regardless of all that, a lot of Urians are saying, I want V-Trigger 1. Uh, however... Something that Gfinity and the uh, let's the name of the the series correct the Challenger series, I believe is the name of it. Uh, this is their type of the Challenger series is their like big tournament thing, right? And they just said, oh, there's a slight bug where Urian is fully invincible after specifically absorbing something in V Trigger Two. He's banned. They've just banned the character outright, uh, and this was on the 30th. This was two days ago in the morning uh, where they announced this, uh, and they haven't said anything after that. And everybody's like, yo, you could just like ban, if you really want to, you could just ban V-Trigger 2. Uh, even though, yo, people who've been playing Street Fighter are fully used to hitbox, hurtbox fuckery. Like, we've dealt with this for years. Third Strike is still a game that people play competitively. Like, think about that for a minute. Uh, I mean, fuck, man. Q gets <laughs> thrown from the frames just by crouching. Like, 
regardless, they've banned the character and haven't said anything after it. So, sorry, Yurian players who might have wanted to compete in the Challenger series. Uh, that's kind of out. To pick a secondary. Sorry. Pick your pocket character because you're not allowed to play Yurian. And they haven't walked back on the statement, which I find pretty alarming. Like, I, I, I bring this up because, one, it's... It's a big company, Gfinity, doing a big tournament and making a pretty, I want to say, blinded move from how the fighting game community works and people who enjoy fighting games, how people want to engage with fighting games works. And I, I don't want to call them out specifically because I've seen a lot of companies have basically very little experience in the fighting game community and the fighting game realm they don't understand how things work so this to me is just a one of many tone-deaf decisions made by a larger company that just doesn't have experience or anyone on board that i don't think they talked to anyone in the fighting game community before they made this decision they might have saw something and just went nope throw it out the they saw <laughs> They saw Weed's tweet and they said, oh boy, this is put an X on Yuri and he's broken when in all actuality, it's, it's not the case, man. It ain't, it ain't so. Uh, so I just want to give a little heads up to if, if you happen to run a big esports company uh, and you don't have anyone on your fighting game team or anyone who is like that you can like call or talk to. When it comes to running and operating fighting game tournaments, maybe you should call someone first. Hit like, find a Discord and just ask a general question, please, because this is just—it's just—it comes off as tone deaf. You're—I know you're trying to do good and support the communities, and that's great. I love that. I love when big companies uh, pour money into the community. I love it. This is this is a good thing, but actions like this are so deaf to what we've always been about i just want to give a little high to that so suffice to say uh strong area players are not invited to the challenger series uh, so that would mean that nemo is is not alienware's or not alienware he's he's what now well he wrote these articles when he was alienware regardless nemo Oh no, he's still area it, i i know why i thought because he just started working for uh square square enix but he's still Alienware Nemo wrote an article series uh, a long, kind of a while back, but they've just been translated uh, by Shura. Uh, so if you want to see what Nemo has to say about a training regime, or from what we talked about earlier, living as a working gamer, uh, so this really digs into how to balance your life uh, and how to like how do you explain to people and i kind of related to this one in particular when he describes being a, a working gamer he talks about his, his first day at work where he's like well i play games professionally and his boss is like why didn't you learn golf and that to me rings that one that one hits home for me personally as someone who works a nine-to-five job and has said like yeah play fighting games and it's like we don't understand any of that shit that you're talking about uh but it's it's good. It ends on like a good note, and it is a. Both of these articles are good reads. Uh, I highly recommend reading through those if you have to find yourself in a position of being a nine to fiver, but also maybe want some fighting game experience as well. Or if you're trying to work in how you work your practice regime, like all of this stuff is good information because he's still a top player. Like, dude does work. Uh, dude puts in the work, obviously, with the game, and he excels quite well. I mean. Just look back. Where did he place in uh, in Evo Japan? Uh, down the list. He's 25th. So he made top 32 Evo Japan. And like this is a dude who like just started a new job. So like, come on. Dude knows how to do that work. Left bounds. Get on that. All right, next topic I want to bring up. Just because it was something that was posted to the, the subreddit and I love it. Uh, this is a critique of Street Fighter the movie. If you haven't watched this movie and you're a fan of Street Fighter, I I just highly recommend watching it because it it's kind of brutal in what they talk about. Uh, 
for this movie. It's, it's fair criticism, uh, but also the Street Fighter Five movie or Street Fighter movie. I'm sorry, is just it's a good romp. If you like, if you like to laugh at, if you like good bad movies, it's one of the better ones. It's just good fun time and a very fun and good adaptation. And this critique is a good breakdown. But the real reason why I wanted to bring this up is because it wasn't until recently. Oh, by the way, like go watch this movie. Like I, I may quote this movie pretty often on just this podcast alone. So for that reason alone, I would recommend watching this movie if you want to be in on the in jokes if you want to know what it means you know why i retired after being the king of the Iron regardless watch this watch watch this movie it's a very good movie and also maybe if you don't have the time if you don't want to do that watch this 15 minute critique of it because it's a pretty good breakdown of exactly what goes wrong here critically and it's just a it's a fun critique of it. That's on the Douchebag Cinema channel, uh, and link will be shared below. But the real reason why I want to bring this up is because I'm gonna bring it down for a little bit. I'm gonna bring it down a little bit of a little sadness here. So a lot of one of the most commonly known facts about this movie is that it was actor Raul Julia's final movie. But it wasn't until recently where someone linked to me this um, this little write up by Mike Lawrence. Um, I think you can follow him uh, at Mike Lawrence Comedy or the Mike Lawrence on Twitter. Uh, and he writes, and I'm going to read this out because this was just something that kind of touched me personally. Raul Julia was diagnosed with an aggressive form of stomach cancer in the early 90s. Early 90s. He tried treating it to no avail, lost a significant amount of weight, and knew he was going to die soon. Uh, he was. He was an in-demand actor, uh, thanks to a blend of big-budget family movies and strong performances in independent films. He probably couldn't have done... He probably could have done whatever he wanted. Take that final bow and show the world one last time what a masterful performer he could be. So what project did he pick? Street Fighter the movie. It's a terrible movie. One of the first experiences that I had... This is, again, uh, Mike Lawrence talking. Uh lost my place uh, <laughs> it's a terrible movie uh, one of the first experiences I had in theaters where I thought that was fucking awful it was my dad's money but I felt like we all got ripped off but and I thought this but then I thought this as much as I do now Raul Julia was great in it he chewed up the scenery like it was buffet lobster the guy was in horrible pain and still provided enough energy for two energy for two in his scenes with the lifeless Van Damme and that's very true very lifeless in this movie I always wondered why though why that movie wouldn't he want to go out in some kind of Oscar caliber work with his talent was meant for turns out his kids loved Street Fighter that's it he wanted to be the cool dad for his kids his research for the movie was just hanging out with his children playing hours upon hours of Street Fighter together it was their favorite movie and, and their pop was playing the final boss, the big bad M. Bison. It wasn't a cash grab. It wasn't a need to work to forget his problems. It was a final gift to the people that he loved. I guess the lesson is to do what you love until you can't. And remember the people that, that matter most. And don't read the Street Fighter Wikipedia page unless you want a good cry. I didn't know that about this movie. That kind of changes the whole perspective and the way that I think about it. And even reading through that, oh boy, that's that one kind of hits you in the gut. It's a very touching story. Uh, again, Raul Julia's last performance, just a little homage to his kids, spending time with the people he loves. It's good stuff. How can you hate that movie now? If you've been hating on it in the past, stop it. Because guess what? It's good shit. Anyway, moving on to one of our final topics, which will lead into the question of the week. <clears throat> and this is a general article, not article, but a question was posed to the sub of, I want to hear your stories about your character crisis. And so a lot of people spoke up. A lot of people provided some really interesting insights as to why they chose their character, why they play the character that they play. 
so maybe if you find yourself in a character crisis, if you want to read some good personal stories, uh, I would recommend checking out this article. Or perhaps if you have a fun character character crisis story or are in a current character crisis, uh, it's gonna be fun to to chat about and have a have a good back and forth with people here because there's a there's a lot of fun to be had in this in this thread. I think I haven't shared my story yet because there is no crisis. I play Zangief. If Zangief is in the game, I play him. That is, that's the character crisis. Is if Zangief isn't in the game, which is why I'm having trouble with Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Okay, so moving on to the question of the week, though, which is, I saw this put, and I only bring this up not by any one person. Just was the question posted this up a couple times. How do I pick up a new character? I think this was a pretty main topic of discussion because fighting game Twitter was pretty much ablaze with people talking about, oh, you should, you, just, you should pick a number of characters. There, there's no shame in picking a top tier. Change characters, like play to win. Saw a lot of that on fighting game Twitter, which, uh, like, I agree with most of it. That's fine. Street Fighter Five. It's not that difficult to just pick up a new character, but it can be difficult to master a new character. So the question posed to the sub many times was. How do I pick up a new character? I mean, step one, very easily, anti-airs. Learn what buttons you press or specials that you got to do to get your anti-airs off. Like, step one. Then, <clears throat> what are your normals? What are your best pokes? How far do they reach? How much damage can you get off of a straight poke if canceled into V-Trigger or any kind of special? Uh, then, try and learn some bread and butter combos. Learn your... <clears throat> like a light hit confirm, a hit confirm that you would get on a particular wake up. Go back at that meaty calculator, figure out what your meaties are, or better yet, just YouTube search some some high some high level people. I mean, if you don't know who plays your character, look at that Evo Japan list uh, that was the first uh, first thread mentioned on this podcast. See who's playing them because it lists out who played what character. Uh, search them on YouTube or search them through uh, CFN. See how they play. See how they play against different characters and just try and glean <clears throat> what are they doing in this instance when they knock someone down? What are they going for when they have their opponent in the corner? Why does Cammy press standing light kick so often when pressuring their opponent? What's that all about? And that that's like some pretty basic level stuff. Now, to get deep into a character, you gotta start learning about matchups and that stuff takes time, but like the quick and easy general thing to do Anti-airs, bread and butters, spacing. Like, you pretty much learn that all at once. You can pretty much learn that in a day. Uh, then move on to meaties. That'll come with time. A little bit to remember, because, you know, I have to think, well, I knocked him down with this. I do a dash up, stand hard kick, or whatever the hell it is. That stuff comes with a little bit of time, but regardless, that's, like, think about that stuff later, because meaty setups, and then, like, and then start thinking about, okay, here's, like, your big damage. Like, here's where all the the magic happens, right? Like, here's your Laura shenanigans after all that. Or here's your Ibuki bullshit that's going on. Or Armika. Well, Armika's corner setups is kind of like her whole game. But regardless, that's kind of the steps that you take. And there are resources. There, There's a whole bunch of stuff on the sub already. There's all of the character discussions. All that stuff is archived. And there's a ton of video footage saved in those character discussions. So all of that stuff is in the wiki. Um... It's pretty well kept. Uh, we like to keep that pretty well. And also, uh, if you, this hasn't been enacted yet, I think Quasi is working on this currently at the recording of this podcast, I believe. Uh, but we're going to set up a button, uh, much similar to if you're looking at the front page of our Street Fighter, you'll notice over here in the corner it says Artist Alley. There will be a separate button. I don't know if it's going to be here or somewhere else or how he's going to do it. Uh, but there will be a separate button that you can press to search for tech which will search all of the guides and lab work uh, and then after that it'll set you up to to search all the guides you can just add the qualifier of your character name like if i wanted to see all the zangief tech uh you'd press that button it would set you up for all the tech and then in the search bar just type in zangief or geef probably have to do two searches if you want to see all the information just because reddit's search engine is bad but we're trying to make it better we're limited here the search engine is very bad but we classify everything as guides and lab work, so all of the guides and lab work that have been posted for Zangief will be available. 
so <clears throat> there's really I mean there are ways to, to miss the stuff and there will be archives from years but you can search by uh, most recent so by that fact you should be able to look from the top down level of what is the most relevant because a lot of stuff changed for Zangief in particular not so much for other characters but for him in particular you really gotta learn the new stuff uh, but regardless, we're setting that up, so if you want to learn a character, again, anti-airs, bread and butters, um, uh, where, where you want to stay in the neutral, or what you're capable of in the neutral, uh, and then get into setups and stuff, and if you want to look up guides, we'll have that button for you probably after this podcast is posted. I'll have to crack the whip and cut Quasi off from food so he gets the work done, but that's about it. Anyway, that is the question of the week, so that leads us into our next segment. Everybody's favorite segment, and certainly my favorite segment this week, is the ship post of the week! Ship post of the week! Uh, this one is pretty good, and it's full. It is chock full of... Muscle power! That's right, folks. The ship post of the week goes to... Methamsky. 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 Uh, he took inspiration from Evo Japan and did a incredible design of Zangief wearing a big cup noodle costume, and it is glorious. Uh, it gives all glory and honor to Mother Russia, and I love it. I am even no, I'm not. This is a very this is a very high quality ship post. This ship post very high quality ship post. <laughs> and it I don't know it just brings me joy to look at like the look on the Zangief's face is is really something to, to gaze upon it is glorious uh, and for that reason Meet Hamsky you are this week's ship poster of the week so congratulations you did it muscle power muscle power for you that's the one I meant to press because that's how a soundboard works sometimes you fuck it up folks sometimes you get shitty on the soundboard regardless that's pretty good I like this thoroughly I recommend checking that one out in the, in the comments below it's so good. He's got the little muscle explosion coming out the bottom of the cup. It's very good. It's very good. All right, folks. So that brings us to our final segment. A little bit of FGC history. This one, a little different, a little departure from what we're used to. Uh, kind of want to give a little bit of an homage here to Infiltration as this year's uh, Evo Japan winner. Uh, so I dug through his history of Evo Grand Finals and I posted all of them all of his Evo Grand Finals so this goes through uh, this is Evo Japan or no I'm sorry Evo Evo World Street Fighter uh, between Infiltration and Gamer B uh, this goes through and that was 2012 2012 SFXT when it was a 2v2 tournament and then in 2013 where it was just went back to singles in F SFXT uh, and then EVO 2016, and then EVO 2018, Japan. Those were all of his Grand Finals appearances. Uh, and fun fact, he wins all of them. Uh, but the one I'm going to share first, EVO 2012. Uh, this is this is pretty much a slaying, in fact. Infiltration was really on the top of his game. He was the top of the world at EVO 2012. Uh, this is like the year of the demon. Uh, I think I counted the, the, if I can remember correctly, the demon count on this. He, in grand finals alone, uh, four demons, four raging demons on Gamer B's Adon, which really impressive, and it's a showstopper, and it really like cemented his place of, oh no, he's the champion, like very clearly he is the champion, uh, and this is why. But also a fun thing about 2012 is that it sets up a fun fun little uh, player story uh, for 2015 when it was Infiltration and Gamer B in Losers Finals uh, where it was a lot of people's this is like a divisive match I didn't include this one because it wasn't a Grand Finals, grand finals appearance uh, but it was Gamer B and Infiltration in Losers Finals of EVO 2015 where Gamer B played Elena and they went on for quite some time, one of the longest sets that there is. Uh, and yeah, 
it just sets up a good storyline for that. Now, of course, Gamerby goes on to win that one. Uh, I believe we've talked about the, that on this podcast. And we haven't. I, I should talk about that because of how divisive it is. A lot of people hate Elena and her healing, but I think that watching this 2012 and then maybe skipping forward ahead to 2015 uh, could be fun. But also, I just wanted to bring up, Infiltration does not lose when he gets in Grand Finals of EVO. If you, if you are listening and you find yourself in the seat at Grand Finals, EVO, uh, 2018, Evo World 2018, and Infiltration is sitting next to you, your chances are low. He is one for one, 100%. When it comes, here's your bullshit uh, sports math. <laughs> Infiltration always wins in grand finals, which is just kind of astounding, even in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which a lot of people have never seen before, I realized after after posting this to the sub. Uh, people haven't watched that game played, and it kind of reminded me of how interesting the 2v2 tournaments were. Uh, ended up being like super not a great thing for the FTC, but from an in- entertainment perspective, I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, so check out all of Infiltration's Grand Finals appearances. Uh, it's It's... Watching him dominate the way that he has has been enjoyable, and I think it's cool to kind of track his his progression as a player, and kind of track how he's how he played, how he approaches games uh, over the years, and it's good little chronology of of uh, infiltration in his grand finals. So, anyway, that will wrap it. That's a show, folks. Coming up on an hour, I'm going to close it off. Hard cut right here. Uh, this has been another episode of the RSF Radio. Uh, again, I'm your host, Joe Monday. You can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter, or you can tweet at the R Street Fighter official Twitter, which is at Reddit SF. Either of them, uh, way to reach the podcast. Uh, this will all of the links talked about in this podcast will be posted. Uh, in the description of whatever you choose to listen to podcast, be it iTunes, be it, uh, what's the ones some called out of service recently. I was like, just put in the R you might have to put in the RSS feed to find it on whatever, on like your, your off brand podcast, listening tools, apps, whatever it be. Uh, but also on Google play, also the YouTube archives. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them below and don't forget to rate and review the, Oh fuck. I'm like saying that is if I'm like super serious about it. And this is just like a rundown podcast. So just, if you want to rate and review the podcast, please do, uh, on the iTunes. Don't give a fuck about that other shit. Uh, no, that's, I don't know. All the podcasts I hear say that of give it a review on iTunes. Um, so I'm just going to say it. And I'm going to keep saying that until there are a bunch of reviews. And I don't really care how many stars you give it. Give four, give two stars. I don't care. One stars. For how many hours that I, that I recorded a podcast in a room alone. Anyway, folks, that is a wrap. That is a show. Again, catch us every Thursday at... It's mostly Thursday nights, but a lot of people catch it on Friday mornings. But anyway, folks, this is another show. Uh... And we'll see you guys again next week. And as always, folks, don't forget. Oh, come on. Soundboard motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, folks, have a good night. And don't forget. Come on, soundboard. Muscle power fully open. <laughs> That's a podcast. Take care, folks. Till next week. <laughs>